It's the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood, the only Baltimore podcast. I was going to start this by saying that as a host recording from Wisconsin, Banks, this is pretty much Carmen San Diego with you at this point. You've now recorded the pod from four different locations in four different podcasts, Baltimore, Pinehurst, Chicago, and then back to, and then back to Wisconsin here. Uh, not back to Wisconsin, to Wisconsin. You may have been in Ocean City too. This may be five different locations in five different podcasts. How recently was I? Yeah. When was that? Two weeks ago. It was maybe two, three weeks ago. No, you were on the way back for the. That's also true. You were on the way back from uh, which game was it? You watched the Salisbury, Buffalo Wild Wings, very cold in there. Oh, but I got back to Baltimore just in time for that one. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. But. But yeah. either way, I'm just trying to that get week. like Taylor. Just I'm just trying to cover Big Ten country out here. Yeah, it's a it's a great it's a great place to cover. It's a great place to cover. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got to hit all the towns. Got to hit all the towns. People are warm and and friendly. It makes sense. Ravens go Midwest game to Midwest game, playing the Browns. Um, game will be at home, obviously, but Midwest team to Midwest team. Uh, it is Browns week. Always, uh, you know, a rivalry week type game. Uh, the emotions of the past of both of these franchises and how and how intertwined they are. This comes at a time where both teams are competing for the division. Really, an incredible divisional weekend in the AFC North with the Ravens and the Browns playing Steelers and Bengals. A lot, not a lot to be decided, but certainly you know ground to be made up for some teams or or separation to be had for others. Ravens a three and a half point favorite going into this one. Coming off a game, as we talked about in the instant analysis show against the Bears, that with Tyler Huntley in a quarterback instead of Lamar Jackson, Jackson, bit of a crapshoot game kind of went the way it is going to go. Lamar, we would think, will be back in the lineup here on Sunday Night Football. I, I don't think that's a ridiculous thing to assume, but I guess we shall see. When you guys look at this game, first of all, the divisional stakes are obvious, but you know, two teams that it feels like any given week can be up or down or the sky is falling and then everything's fine. Um, very interesting game. Sunday night in Baltimore. This feels like the league as a whole, this feels like a nesting doll situation where like the nest that is the inconsistent football teams is the NFL. And then you shrink it down and the AFC is unpredictable. And then you shrink it down and the AFC North is unpredictable. And then you get the Ravens. I mean, you can really pick this apart for any single one of these AFC North teams. These teams are wildly inconsistent. Each week, you can't – I mean, you've got the Steelers tying the Lions and, and losing the game, but they reeled off a bunch of wins before that. And then you had the Bengals whoop our ass, to be honest, just to be frank. And then they played some duds the last couple of weeks. The Browns have been checked on high. We're perpetually – are we healthy enough or not, like – in terms of like our quarterback and like what team's going to show up to play losing to Miami, like it's all unpredictable. So you just kind of sit there and you hope like, Hey, I mean, I hope my football team shows up to play this week. I hope my quarterback's healthy enough. Like, yeah, it would seem common sense would seem to dictate if you're sick one week, you got to be healthy enough by the next week to play. You didn't practice today. It was a walkthrough, but you can't, there seems to be no guarantees with, with, not beyond even this isn't even getting into the COVID stuff. Like Lamar Jackson's immune system seems frail, kind of like Taylor Smites as he leaves the room and he's not even listening at this given moment. I'm taking shots at my guy right now, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a whirlwind and it's sometimes it's even worse when you get the night game on a Sunday where you're just waiting around and um, 
just antsy about which football team is going to show up for you that given Sunday. And you got to wait through these other games first, but it's going to be exciting. I mean, we, the Ravens sense that, that terrible week four, I always go back to against Cleveland in 2019, that kind of kickstarted the, the turnaround um, where the defense there really turned it on. The Ravens have had the Browns number, including that the, the best game of 2020 last year. And um, I, it's one of those things where you just kind of hope that you just feel like you have the upper hand against another team and another culture and another coach or whatever it might be. And that, it, you know, the Ravens culture and the all black uniforms just come through in a big game. I mean, everything you were saying about, you know, which team is going to show up, is my quarterback going to be healthy enough? I'm sure Cleveland fans and Cleveland sports radio are saying the exact same thing. Like, are they going to get the Cleveland team from week nine where they blew out Cincinnati, who was arguably one of the hottest teams in in the AFC? And I think number one in the AFC North at that point. Or are they going to get the the Cleveland team from week 10 that lost 45 to seven to New England? And, and it's like, which, which Baker is going to show up, which, which offense is going to show up. And again, I mean, I, you know, no one's feeling bad for Baker, but the guy's beat the hell right now. He's torn labrum, swollen knee. I mean, if there's an injury, he's got it. And, and I mean, again, no one in this town is going to feel sorry for him, but I mean, you got to give him credit for at least going out there and trying to gut it out and play. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's, I mean, these are two teams who, like we said, they're kind of, you know, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and, and it's just which which team is going to show up, um, and 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 I think they're both two very talented teams. Again, Cleveland, we've seen that spark where they can throw up forty one points, and then this week they just get their teeth kicked in. Um, you know, there were the there was the the kind of joke like, oh, they they play they play better without Odell. They get him out of the lot. You know, they get him out of there, and then they can barely scrape by the Lions. Again, the, the Lions are playing feisty, but um, you know, I mean, if, if if they if the if Cleveland plays any other team last week, they probably get their doors blown off because they only beat the Lions by three and Tim Boyle. But um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see because it seems like the Browns kind of always get up for the Ravens games. Um, and maybe that's just you know they, they are getting better and we we've seen some of their you know the draft picks are, are kind of working out for them. Um, and and so their their talent level is rising, but they, they seem to have played the Ravens well the last couple of years, even though they haven't won, you know, many of the games. But I think this is going to be a hell of a game. I'm hoping that both teams show up. I don't I don't really want to blow out um, from a, a non-biased fan. I, I, I want to watch an exciting game. Um, but again, it's like more times than not. I don't know if both of these teams are going to show up, but it'll be interesting to see just again, which which Browns team we get the, the one that showed up against Cincinnati or the one that showed up against New England. Yeah, I mean, I think week to week, you just don't know what you're going to get from either of these teams. You touched on the performance the Browns put on against the Lions. I mean, say what you want about them being frisky. They're still 0-9, and, and Tim Boyle was the starting uh, quarterback. 0-8-1, oh, 0-8-1. 0-8-1, sorry, 0-9-1. Sorry, winless, winless on the yeah. season. Um, and, and that they sort of just gutted it out. Um, Jarvis Landry, the 16-yard run, and then, and then a, a chub catcher, Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, you're right is 100% out there hurt, out there trying his best, blah, 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 blah. Um, He just, at this point, when you watch him, you know, I I feel like I bring up this point about the opposing quarterback every single week, but you you sit there and you watch and you're like, does this person scare me? Baker Mayfield in this state doesn't scare you at all. He doesn't, he, he, he can't sort of do the gunslinger things that at times make him very exciting and very dangerous. 
And, you know, Noel de Beckham, I think is probably huge for their culture, not good for their weaponry. Now, you know, it's, it's, it's Nick Chubb is obviously the, the top weapon on the team, but Jarvis Landry is probably on the other side of where he was at one point. And there's not a ton else below there. It's not like when you, you know, you play Cincinnati in a couple of weeks, you have to deal with all of their guys. Cincinnati doesn't have those guys. I do think defensively um, they have the ability to hurt you in some ways, but this just, this once again, I think we got into, we'll get to predictions in a second, but week to week with the Ravens, I think, and maybe I can just speak for myself. You just expect for them to at some point flip the switch and kind of do, you know, have the home win by 14 or 20 or whatever. Maybe it's just not going to happen. They just might be in close games every single week. And no matter the ruminations of those games, whether it's, you know, an ugly, ugly game against Chicago, whether it's the inability to adjust to something against the Dolphins, whether it's, you know, a higher scoring situation like it was with Kansas City, um, whether it's, you know, Minnesota and that back and forth and coming back or coming back. I mean, the resiliency is obviously there, so they're never going to be out of a game, but this will be a game that I'm sure is close for all four quarters and the Ravens at home with the energy of the crowd will probably figure out a way to win. But, and that's not, you know, the breakdown of the X's and O's that you could probably get in some other places, but this is just the game pattern of all of these now. Just the Ravens are going to figure out a way to probably gut out a win against a team they're probably a little bit better than, but not that much better than. Um, that That's kind of where it is. That's what this game feels like to me on a very top high level without, you know, breaking down, breaking down matchup by matchup. Yeah. This feels like where the Ravens are. And and it feels like when you look at the schedule, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Green Bay, Cincinnati, Rams, Pittsburgh. I don't, I think we're getting a game like that every single week for the rest of the year. It doesn't feel like there's any game in there that the Ravens are going to really step on the gas in this iteration of the Ravens and blow somebody out. Maybe eventually big Ben will just fall apart in that final home game against the Steelers. The Steelers won't have anything for the Ravens or maybe Cincinnati will just do Cincinnati stuff and, and, and implode. But we're just feels like we're, that's why these last two games being easier wins would have been nice. And we talked about that, like skate through them a little bit because you're about to go through this absolute murderer's row, which is the 28th of November through the 9th of January. Yeah, there's no there's no let up in it, and uh, yeah, you're you're talking about some broader topic that I kind of want to get into is just the state of the Ravens as a whole. Um, for I think for a few weeks there, I, I at least tried to to be a little stubborn about moving the goalposts in terms of what this team could be, with all the injuries and all the things that they've faced. It's clear that there's just this weekly just recurring battle for them to just survive and gut through wins and all those things. And I think that there needs to be a somewhat of a resetting of expectations about what this team is this particular year, because the injuries are just that extraordinary. It's just, they're just insurmountable to some degree where I, it's tough to foresee this team finding a way to win the Super Bowl. And I'm not saying at all, they can't because the AFC is wide open in that sense. And, um, you know, I've, I've said it from the beginning, like as long as Lamar Jackson is on this football team, they're going to have a chance to win any given game. Um, but this is really where we're going to find out what this team has in the tank, because it has to take a toll on you at a certain point to continue to play these types of games over and over and over. 
And so we just have to cross our fingers and hope that they're just not going to run out of gas here down the stretch or if the injuries won't continue to pile up because like the, the margin of error, at least in terms of the injuries, like in terms of what we can afford to continue to lose is like, it's pretty much none. Like we can't have anybody else really getting hurt. I feel like Deshaun Elliott got hurt a couple weeks ago. That's a big loss. And I feel like because we've had so many losses, we just like swept right over it. I'm not talking about us as a podcast. I'm talking about everyone involved with covering the Ravens and as a topic, like that's a big loss for us. And and there's some other smaller losses that we've kind of gutted through that are just, since there's so many of these injuries and illnesses and things like that, they've been coming at us so regularly that I think we've become numb to them. Um, so again, it's just, I'm praying that this team continues to, to fight the way that they do. And if they were to run out of gas there, I think it would be, I hate having this mentality, but I think it would be more than understandable if they just kind of, kind of tapered off at the end there. So, you know, that's, that's what's going to make this week. These, these stretch of games so exciting is that every week we're, I mean, it's going to be scary. It's going to be nerve wracking, but we're going to go into every single game being like, what are we going to get out of these guys today? What do they have in the tank and how much have they been able to kind of refuel, you know, each seven days going into games. Just looking at the Brown schedule and, and the Ravens schedule too. I'm, I'm still amazed that, that they gave the Browns so far. So far. the Ravens by the Ravens. I mean, that's 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 unbelievable <laughs> that, that they did that to them and just sandwiched the buy right in there. It, it's crazy to me that they couldn't figure out just a way. Because, like, if they did it with – I don't know, know how to complain about that without looking like a crybaby either. Yeah, because it's like, oh, it's, it's, just, it's, it's unreasonable. Random, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's, it's wild because, again, if they, if they did it to a team in the NFC West – you know, oh, by the way, the Cardinals are going to play the Seahawks, have their bye, and then the Seahawks again. It's like, okay, and if this is going to be a pattern going forward with the new 17-game schedule or whatever, it's like, all right, whatever, it's fine. But it's like the fact that it's only the Browns that, that got this, you know, the, I guess the bye week sandwich, you want to call it. Um, it it's, it's crazy to me. I, I just, like, I laugh every time I see that. Um, it's, yeah. And it's a, it's a, and in, in the way the AFC North is congested, potentially a huge deal. Like you look at the potential competitive advantage that could give the Browns if they figure out a way to win this game, then they get a week off and play the exact same team. So you're not stressed about doing a lot of game planning over the course of your bye week. You really like shut it down and you get it ready for another game as the Ravens, you know, go in and try to play and, and win another game against, Oh, no big deal at Pittsburgh. So <laughs> I, that, that is, a, you know, that was potentially a really, really big deal. I don't think that's shocking to anybody. Uh, you know, this is, you look at the AFC as a whole here, and I feel like at, and at this point of the season, maybe a, a couple weeks later than this, you have a little separation on that, like one to two seed type of line. Like there are a few teams competing for it. There are like eight teams, nine teams that could all be the one seed. Like, Tennessee is eight and three and looked awful. I mean, you watched America looked awful on Sunday. Ravens seven and three Patriots seven and four chiefs seven and four Bengals six and four. I have to put the Steelers, the Bengals and the Browns all kind of in there because all these teams are playing each other. So if one of them just wins all of those games, not only do they pull teams back without obviously also go up. Um, the Colts are now back at six and five. 
there's just a lot of, and all these teams feel like they can beat each other. That's the really reason number one, why this seems like it's wide open. It doesn't feel like like Tennessee at eight and three is just going to run through the rest of their schedule or Baltimore at seven and three or the Patriots at seven and four. Although the Patriots at seven and four, the way their defense is playing, maybe they're the team at this point. Uh, I was going to say, it I looks feel like, like they're the one set up to kind of manage the rest of their schedule, especially, you know, when you look at the, the divisional games, they get to play against, you know, they've already, they've already beat Jets twice, but they get to play the Dolphins again. They get the Jags. And they get the Bills twice, so they get to kind of – and they get the Titans. So they're kind of controlling a lot of – they can control a lot of what they want to do as the AFC North teams beat up on each other. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it's – people don't want to hear it, but it looks like the AFC is, may go through Foxborough again. Like, we, we had the nice one year off, you know, two years off. But – um, and, like, I don't even think you mentioned the Colts in there when you were talking about, like, the teams that, you know, for, yeah. like, in the running for playoffs. But they're, they're, with the, they're, they're behind the Steelers, technically. They're six and five. And again, they, they may be playing them and the the, the Colts or them and the uh, Patriots are probably playing the hottest football in, in the AFC right now. It's I mean I, the, the playoffs are going to be a bloodbath. It's a, a tremendous bath. it's a tremendous slate, by the way, of AFC playoff teams in very big games. The Raiders play the Cowboys. The Bills play the Saints, both on Thursday. The AFC North is playing their round robin on Sunday. The Titans and Patriots is a gigantic game mm-hmm. <laughs> at one o'clock on Sunday. So, and then the Chargers play the Broncos and that's another big game in the FC West. So there's a lot, there's a lot that is going to, not a lot to be decided, but all these teams are sort of either playing good teams on the other side or play our playoff teams are, you know, play, contending playoff teams are playing contending playoff teams. Chiefs are on a bye. Cardinals are on a bye. So very interesting times in the FC. Yeah, and again, it's like the, the, this this part of the the schedule comes in a terrible part of the season for the Ravens because you have some teams who are you know catching their stride, playing well, and and I don't know. I mean, they're just stuck right in the gauntlet again. No one's going to feel sorry for them. Um, it's just how the schedule plays out. But man, it's murderers row, the gauntlet, whatever you want to call it. It's it's not going to be a fun. Would you say November twenty eighth to January 9th? It's a long time. It's a lot of it's a lot of good teams they're they're seeing in there. A lot of significant games in a row. It, and, and I think Banks said it. Every game is it's almost like every game is a must win game because if you lose, you're gonna drop. And then again, it's like it's it, most of the there's a good chance it's a division game. That game basically counts as two. I yeah, mean, I mean it's that many division games, and then oh, your your other side are two you know teams that could be in the Super Bowl in the NFC. Yeah, it's it's yeah, arguably what two of the top three teams in the NFC. It's so it's it'll it'll be I mean it, it'll be interesting to see because it's like this is what you're gonna see like what's this team made of and and like like Brian was saying like can they can they keep it together for these next couple of weeks because again it it kind of seems like they're running on fumes just with everything that's been been happening and how yeah, the games have been and going. you don't you don't want to be running on fumes week in nine you know, coming out of week eleven yeah coming out of week yeah, eleven. I mean, when you have that many injuries and, and every game seems to go down to the wire, it's like, that's, that's kind of what you're, what you're doing. I will say I didn't read the Mike Preston column with this headline, but oh, it God. is, it, it, because I think it's probably the, the subject that every Ravens fan is debating with themselves. And I think Banks kind of got into it a little bit saying like, where does this team end up? The Ravens have proved they're resilient, but are the Ravens good? That's a really good question. I don't think, I think some of that has been proven out. I mean, I, I think the line that 
if Lamar Jackson is playing on Sunday, Monday, Saturday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever the game is being played, the Ravens are always going to have a chance to beat anybody in the NFL. But with all the injuries that have happened, the Ravens have, they're certainly, they have the character to go as far as you would like them to go. The question is, will, will they survive? Will they even survive? And that is, I think, week to week, the hard part of predicting what they're going to do. You just don't know what you're going to get. And you don't know if they've played to their potential just to, you know, gut out some of these comeback wins. If that is just, if that's the ceiling or if that's the floor and there is another notch to be turned for them to win those games more convincingly. It, week to week, it's, that's the hardest thing to figure out about the team. Um, and I don't know if we'll get an answer this week because it feels like this week will go very similarly to every other week. And maybe that is the ceiling of the Ravens that everything is, but I hope it's not. I hope it's not. It's just the, the question. That's the question I ask myself after Chicago. It's the question. I, it's every week, every week. It's the nature of the beast. It's like, Hey, you're seven and three, but oftentimes a good indicator of uh, future success is your point differential. We're only plus 14. And there was some back and forth between like Brown's Twitter and Raven's Twitter um, late Sunday, early Monday, as this week has started to unfold, like Brown's fans just throwing, trying to throw shade at the Ravens for being a lucky football team. And it's like, ah, they're lucky. Why? Because they just, they win games at the end because they finish games because they've come back in games. Like it's not really the way that, you should be looking at it. I mean, it's a team that has been incredibly unlucky in order to have all these injuries that have unfolded time after time. Like, I mean, just the freakish nature of having your one of your top running backs and one of your top cornerbacks tear ligaments on consecutive plays of practice. It's, it's insane. It's insanely unlucky the way the Ravens season has unfolded, but you kind of see what, what they mean by that is like, there's, there's probably some merit to the idea that like, okay, we we're overperforming what this team is ceiling probably might be given the constraints that currently are affecting the Ravens. So that's just kind of a circular discussion that we've had here. Just like, Hey, we got to try to enjoy these games as they unfold. And if, if the Ravens, if it's just not the cars for the 2021 Ravens, yeah, it's frustrating. It's a year lost. Um, but at the same time, like you got to look at things for what they are. And this team has just not had the pieces that were constructed, you know, to put this team into a championship contender. Brown's Twitter sucks. I hate Brown. It's one of the worst Twitters. It really is. It's. And you, you should, they should be a Twitter that, that people should be embracing. They should be a fun Twitter. The fan fun. Base. Yeah. Like the lovable losers and like, oh, look, yeah. now they're really good. And yeah, they're just, they're not, but they they're really all like just get over. They, they are the quickest to get out over their skis. Yeah. It's, it's like they're always like, Oh, you know, football fans say this about Baker, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no one, no, number one, no one says that stuff. Like whatever they're, whatever tweets are formulated, like no one says that. It, it's amazing how hateable the franchise it is based on how much losing they do and how much you, you know, at the bottom level, you're like kind of feel bad for their plight. I know we're in a different position because it's a rival for us, but there's not like any, like when the Browns do bad stuff, there's like, oh, it's like when the Bills do bad stuff, people are like, oh, I was just going to say the Bills. The Bills oh, are like, Chargers the, or the Vikings. The oh, man, the Bills. Like, that stinks. Everyone's like, yeah, oh, there's sympathy for the Bills. Like, even <laughs> losing no the playoffs last year, it was kind of like, okay. And then, like, giving that playoff spot to them, like, four years ago, it was like, 
all right, if there's any team that could benefit from this, at least like the Bills get some joy out of it. Like, but the Browns are just ugh. Brown, they're, they're, they, they wow. love to win off seasons. I tell you that much. There a lot of Sports Illustrated covers the last couple of years. A lot of Sports <laughs> Illustrated covers. Good for them. Yeah, not, that's not as much to write home about it. That's barely a magazine at this point. So didn't even know ESPN mm. wasn't a magazine until a couple months ago. Yeah, that's unbelievable. <laughs> that they hadn't been a magazine for like four, three years. Uh, Sarah didn't know either. I don't think. Incredible, incredible. Yeah, it does not just does not exist. The only thing ESPN magazine exists in right now is when teams use it as like a recruiting graphic to send to a recruit. They're like, ah, oh, you can be on the cover of a magazine. It's like, no, nah, the magazine. I bet exist. you they still they they probably probably. I mean, people probably think it still exists. It it does not. It does not. Blue um, mind. predictions for this one. 8:20 NBC Sunday night. Don't need it. The I'll, I'll be interested to see if the Ravens get Tariko for this one, or if they get Michaels because they've been doing this thing where Michaels calls the Thanksgiving game, then Tariko calls the Sunday game. So I would assume this will be Tariko, but I don't know that for sure. As I do my announcers, Eric, your prediction. Uh, say 24-13 Ravens. I think again. I think all black uniforms. Night game, prime time. Browns is the Browns. Lamar flushes anything out of his system. I, I think uh, I don't think he's great, but I, again, I think I think they do enough to. I think they also beat the shit out of. Uh, I think they get a good hit or two on Baker. So I say 24, 24 uh, 13. I'm gonna. I, I'm. Oh, oh. Go ahead. No, go. I want to see if you say the same score because I I don't know why there's a score in my head that just feels so. Twenty three right seventeen Baltimore. Thirty four thirty one Ravens. I don't know why thirty four thirty one just seems like a Ravens Browns score. Um, even though like I've just had this thought that popped into my head because you because you Eric said that you know predicted a pretty low scoring game. I think the Ravens defense has really played pretty damn well the last few weeks. They still just have these broken play scenarios that have been popping up. And I saw a stat that was interesting to me that it was a graphic. It was one of those, you know, deeper analytics things, but um, it ranked the teams by percentage of like set of downs that result in a punt. Does that make sense? So like, okay, it's first down. What percentage of set of downs result in the drive ending or like the result, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. The Ravens are sixth defensively in like forcing a punt on a given set of downs which when you compare that to their overall statistics with the yards and the points, it's very much in contrast with that, which says to me, there's a good defense in there. They just have these, you know, these gigantic plays that inflate their statistics to some degree. And of course, like inflate is maybe not the right word because like you can't just be giving up long plays as part of football. It's like, that's who you are, your team that gives up long plays, but I continue to hold out hope that somehow, some way there's a fix in there that will, keep that at a minimum um, because more drives than not the Ravens defense is doing its job and doing it well. So um, that's just one last thing that I saw this week that I want to try to express and like try to provide some, some hope for this defense, at least. Famous last words here, probably as you look at this Browns roster and it's receiving core, I sort of mentioned this near the top, not scary. Jarvis Landry, Rashard Higgins, Jamarcus Bradley, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Hollywood Higgins? 
Yeah. Now, and now you look at that. Now you look at that. And Marquise Goodwin is who did in the Ravens on Sunday. So, I mean, and Mo- I mean, Mooney, former, former track star Marquise Goodwin. Mooney had a great game too. Got to some credit. And who, who, we will see. In Joku, I think in Joku leads their team in receiving with like three hundred. 72 I mean, yards. Baker doesn't look like he can throw the ball. I, this is going to be ridiculous when this game is close, by the way. Mm-hmm. The Rams will do a good job shutting down Nick Chubb. They just won't finish dry. It's just whatever. Whatever. This the, the, These games, I don't know if they're fun to watch or infuriating, sad. They're just bizarre. I, th- I think I, I think say that every, every week. I'm a broken record. I'm sure I was people say like, oh, every, say every week, but I don't know what else to say. I don't know what every else to emotion say. that you just said, I think all Ravens fans go through that like cycle at some point. Being like, oh, we're down, we're down fourteen in the first quarter, first half. This game sucks. All right, they're crawling back, and then it's like, oh, by the way, Andy Dalton just came in and like pissed all over our house again. I am jealous that the that um, the Browns have a guy named Taki Taki, Taki Taki Rumba. What a great song! Shout out to Selena Gomez and DJ Snake. Um, so those are predictions. All of us, as usual, predicting Ravens win. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I have no idea. By the way, uh, we'll be Collinsworth and Michaels. Drew Brees and Mike Tirico in the Thanksgiving game. Drew Brees okay. calling the Saints game? He's calling the Saints game Jock. with Mike Tirico on, <laughs> on Thursday. I don't even want to speculate. I was going to go through the Ravens injury report real quick before we move on to other topics. I don't even know if it's worth speculating on at this point. When we talked about the Ravens last week, we didn't think there was going to be any chance Lamar Jackson didn't play. They didn't or Hollywood. Play. Or Hollywood. Then he didn't play. So for what it's worth, Brandon Williams, Jimmy Smith, Lamar Jackson, Anthony Averett, Miles Boykin, Hollywood Brown, all questionable for Sunday. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Clayus Campbell was questionable to return on Sunday. So we'll see. He's not designated, though, so he should be. I will say Sunday morning before all the uh, – before we found out if he was in or out, the memes and videos and stuff going around Twitter were fantastic. It was it – was, you're really leaning into the whole diarrhea thing, aren't you? It was – I don't – the intern was. Yeah, I thought it was very funny. Though. No, Honestly. the intern was, but you were too texting about it. You texted about it like 400 times. We had to get the tweet up. People wanted to tweet. No, I, I know. I'm just saying. You were you – were, you I were, was trying to get out ahead of it the night before. Like, hey, what do we do? Let's have like a – I was waltzing. I had no time for, no time for that. <laughs> had the breaking case of emergency, you know. Unfortunately, I had no time. We got to ride with our guy, Ty. Yeah. Yeah, Snoop. What what a moment for him, by the way. We we touched on it a little bit on Sunday. What a moment for that guy. Yeah, no, it was very cool. Um, yeah, it, he played a better game than I even feel like it. He played in the stadium because he was hitting a lot of stuff underneath, and but it's just when we needed a play, we just, he just seemed to find it. Not just on that final drive, but put some points on the board in the second quarter there. Um, let's move on. Let's give some credit to your guy. A couple of Orioles topics real quick. Uh, Trey Mancini, comeback player of the year, official. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like we all kind of knew this, you know, the second he stepped into the batter's box and uh, down in Sarasota for spring training. Um, it's just awesome to see him get recognized. Uh, I talked to him yesterday and, you know, shout out the congrats and, you know, I, I know it's it's two comeback player of the year awards from this year with the uh, the writers and and the peer the you know the the players voting too, which is always cool again to be recognized by your peers. Um, again, I mean, I taking nothing away from Mitch Hanniger, who I believe ruptured a testicle 
and like missed two seasons and he had a whole bunch of other injuries. I saw Mariners fans being like, losing a testicle is worse than stage three colon cancer. Let me tell you what, there's nothing like, like when there's firm debate about who should win comeback player of the year. Yeah. I got how bad their or... horrible health conditions are. That is the depths of Twitter. There might not be anything worse on Twitter than when stuff like that happens. Yeah. It was like, all right, dude, like I get it. You want, you want your guy to win, but again, what are we arguing? And then get people forget this. The third comeback player of the year nominee was Cedric Mullins who just came back from being bad. Like he didn't, <laughs> he's, yes. he didn't really come back from anything. He was just bad. Um, but no, it was, it was just cool to see him. You know, the Orioles, the, the video, the Orioles put together, if you have not seen it, go and check it out. It was, I kind of thought it was like a re I was like, Oh, this is the video they already did. It kind of starts out the same way. And they had the SVP, you know, the good morning America, the SVP um, show with him. And, but it was an awesome video. It had John Harbaugh was in it, you know, um, Sanzi and Mo Gabba were in it. They they had a lot of cool clips and stuff like that. Uh, really cool video if you haven't seen it. But yeah, you know, it, it it was to be expected. But it was it was still awesome to see him get get named uh, AL Comeback Player of the Year. And Buster Posey in the NL, kind of cool. He he went out on top. You know, I think they said it was like the first time since 2013 a guy's won Comeback Player of the Year and then retired. You know what he should do? Retire for one year, then come back and then come back to play yeah, the year. Back, again. Yeah. Or like oh. Mullins should be bad next year and then win it in two years. Maybe Chris, people, someone commented, Chris, maybe Chris Davis can win it next year. That would be. Don't rule it out. I know. Don't. No, my player and MVP. Don't, don't let him get hot. Uh, Ray, uh, the other Orioles, Ravens, other Orioles uh, situation, John Means and trade talks. You, you were, you were very forceful about this on Twitter. Are you Well, it's, I, again, I'm up early. I'm, I'm getting the little one ready for daycare. Would you say that's when you fire off some of your better tweets when you're getting ready for daycare? Yeah, yeah, because I'm just sitting here like I'm listening to the same Peppa Pig video that I've heard 14 times already <laughs> and, and trying to clean up every goddamn piece of Peppa Pig action figure memorabilia, whatever that we got over the weekend. Um, but again, 6.57 in, in the a.m. And Buster Olney fucking wakes up just itching to get something off. Other teams say the Orioles are dangling left-hander John Means for trade. He's set to make about $3 million in arbitration, coming off a season in which he pitched great in the first half, struggled in the second half, and had shoulder issues. And then Dan Connolly comes back later on and says, what I'm hearing on Orioles and John Means, same as last winter, teams are calling, Orioles will engage in discussions, no plan to deal him or Mullins, but you can never say never, depending on the offer, but they aren't actively shopping Means or Mullins. So again, it's like, it's probably the right answer. If someone calls and is like, hey, we're going to give you three of our top four prospects for John Means, I think you do it. Like it just, they're going to listen on anyone not named Adley or Grayson, you know, like they're, they're going to listen to deals. They're not dangling him out there. It's not, they're not going to Kevin Gossman and like, oh, they traded John Means um, for international slot bonus money. Like it's not, it's not going to happen. But again, like people were freaking out. Buster only does his thing where he gets his likes and retweets and then and then people get mad at it. And it's just it's the Buster Olney thing. Like Ken Rosenthal will probably hit it up. He'll probably do it tomorrow and you know, double down on on Olney and and we'll go from there. Keep John Means just for the sake of the Orioles having a chance to win an opening day. Just know who the opening day starter is. I, I, I love never... when you know who the opening day starter is. I know that's such a simple, stupid thing. But it's yeah. him. If he's back, it's him. And then you don't have to think about it. It's like, ah, oh, 
you don't have to like think about like what random guy is starting an opening day. That's that's why I want you. That no disrespect to John Means, he's a great pitcher. Seems like a great guy. That's all. That's why I want you back. We just have an opening day starter. Trade him on, you know, what April second or whatever day it is. Yeah, yeah. Have him come day. out to Camden Yards, deal freight innings, send him packing. So yeah. No, bring the guy back. Bring the guy back. I, I again, I think they will. I mean, Brian, I don't know how you feel about it, but I feel like that's again, if they're gonna li- if if if. Teams are going to call. You're going to listen to them. If the, if the Angels are like, hey, we'll give you Mike Trout, Taylor would probably say no. I would <laughs> I would ask for more. And I was for Otani too. No, but again, like, <laughs> like again, I think you do, you have to listen on on any of these teams, especially if you're a rebuilding team. You listen for anyone. I agree. Now you have to. You you can't not consider options in terms of just. I don't know. You get a guy like that, and we don't. We haven't had many trade chips, to be honest, the last three years or so during this whole thing. And and this could be like that injection, to kind of, of of the ideally guys that are like in the system already and established, and like are a year or two away. If those we can get a couple or three of those guys, whose arrival time is like twenty twenty four or even twenty twenty three, like you have to consider it. Um, it'd be great to resign means and have him here for the foreseeable future, but you know, I'd rather give you continue to pile up some talent. So, um, but of course, if the price isn't there, like, yeah, we'll keep John means. And, yeah, you know, yeah. that might mean trading them in, you know, at July 31st, or it could mean keeping them and resign them if, if the pieces are kind of there and the price is right. So it's all, you know, I don't, I don't like the absolute, nature of that type of question and this is just how sports talk radio operates like people just think you have to be like no we will not trade this guy or yes we must trade this guy it's like no there's so much room in between where you got to listen to offers and consider every option on the table so yeah absolutely and like i saw someone on twitter today say like well i don't know it worked out when we traded eric bedard and like we got you know we got back these guys and it's like no 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 like don't Again, you can't just be like, well, they're going to offer three people, so we have to take the trade. It's, it's That's the ceiling. That was the upside. It was an all-time deal. And then, of course, you could – Sidney Ponson, we traded for three guys. It was like Kurt Ainsworth and Damian Moss or something and somebody else, and they all sucked. So, like – Yeah, you, you just know. don't know. You just don't know. Yeah, you just don't know. It's a crapshoot. Nice to see some Orioles trade talks though in the national in the national uh, conversation in baseball. Yeah, wake up at six thirty tomorrow. I'm sure we'll have another one. Uh, because you look at like the Athletic has their um, biggest needs. First of all, the Orioles have needs at every position. <laughs> the free agent targets listed though are just listen to this. Just listen to this list, then we'll move on. Tyler Anderson or protected projected free agent targets. Tyler Anderson, Drew Smiley, Jay Happ, Michael Waka, Danny Duffy, Brett Anderson, Kwong Hyun Kim, Zach Davies, Josh Harrison, Lurie Garcia, Donovan Solano, Cesar Hernandez, Brad Miller, Andrew Knapp. Trade targets, Austin Nola, Austin Barnes, Alejandro Kirk, Cal Rally. What a group. What an esteemed group. That is a that is certainly a group of baseball players. That, that is a group of, that is an absolute group of baseball players right there. No doubt. That is an absolute that. group of baseball players. You looked at the Red Sox are next who have Javi Baez, Carlos Correa, Kyle Schwarber, Kevin Gosman, and Robbie Ray among their free agent targets. A little bit of a different potato, potato. I mean, so much yeah, I mean, come on. What a group of baseball players. Oh, 
the Orioles need to get out of this. I mean, this is just it's just a pitching infield, left-handed hitting catcher. Their needs. You could have just listed every position. Yeah, and congrats to Pedro Severino for getting one point nine million dollars from an, an actual major league ball club. <laughs> I mean, that's hey, if, if you can get it. Also, I don't know what that says about free agents. If Pedro Severino is getting two million dollars. Hmm. 66 wild pitches for Pedro Severino last year. Someone said, like, I saw a tweet that, like, pray pray for the backstop in, in Milwaukee. <laughs> oh, Pedro. Great Oriole. Great Oriole. Put him in the Hall I'll, of Fame. I'll never Put him forget in the Orioles his, Hall of Fame. his three home run game against the Rangers and letting that John Means pitch go in between his legs and costing us a perfect game. Mm-hmm. Um. Give me, give me some, give me Adley on opening day. Just do it. They won't do it. I, Just do it. They won't do it. Depending on the CBA, I mean, that's what it all depends on. The CBA, if it gets done, I think he's here. I think he's on. I think he's catching John Means on opening day, oh. which would that that would be. I mean, that that's going to get people in the stadium. That would, that be, would electric. be electric. Cedric Rolls leading off. Just bad Adley number two. Just do it. Yeah. Just, let's have some fun. Let's have some fun, Brandon Hyde. Brandon Hyde, if you're going to go down, go down swinging, baby. <laughs> just, just go down swinging. Um, we'll move to the starting five draft presented by Fed Thrill. Um, last year, I think we did Thanksgiving foods around this time, and I'm pretty sure we went for like two hours. Um, Banks is a little. Did we even we weren't even doing starting fives yet, though. No, did I we think did we some, did though. We, we did. I think we did something with that. We dra- we dra- we did something with Thanksgiving foods. We did like a, a dessert, a main course, a side, and something else. Yeah, we did something. Something was involved. This has nothing to do with Thanksgiving, really at all. I guess other than you watch football on Thanksgiving and everyone has announcer takes that a lot of people that don't watch sports day to day, whatever, because everyone's watching football on Thanksgiving. First of all, you can use the promo code um, X52 to get 20% off all your Fed Thrill sunglasses. Make sure to wear your Fed Thrills at your Thanksgiving, uh, you know, your turkey bowls, whatever you do with your, maybe to the turkey bowl. We'll talk about that later. Um, Wear your Fed Thrill sunglasses, 20% off. XV2 is the promo code. The announcer draft. We've left this wide open. This can be play-by-play. This can be color commentators, analysts, studio people, blah, 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 sideline, blah, 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 blah. This was one where we were like, oh, if we can't think of a starting five, this is something we'll do. Could not think of a good starting five, and this is what we're doing. I have the first pick. Banks has the second pick. RDT has the third pick. Starting five draft presented by Fed Thrill. If this was relegated to just play-by-play, this would be a much different pick for me. But there's there's one guy that is the biggest difference maker on sports television. I, first of all, I love this topic. RDT said this is my Super Bowl. This is such a fun thing. I love discussing this. The first pick is Charles Barkley. He is the biggest difference maker on sports TV. There's no one that changes a studio show. I didn't think we were going that wide open. Quite like uh, that is. I thought you guys. I'm fine with it. No, I'm fine with it. You guys opened it wide open. I thought we were talking about play-by-play guy, color guy. So I could change. I have a pick in reserve, but this is where I'm going. Barkley. I I have no problem taking it. I I didn't even think of that again, like like you were saying, but I. Sure. Barkley is unfreaking believable on TV. He's unbelievable. That show is so good. It's far and away, besides maybe College Game Day, it's far and away the best studio show on TV. 
It is unbelievable. If it wasn't on at 1 a.m. on the East Coast, there'd be a lot more people talking about it. And if we had an NBA team in this area, a lot more people would talk about this area. Inside the NBA is so good. Barkley. I don't think I even need to go into that that much. Guys and I completely agree with you. I just didn't think that's mm-hmm. what this draft was. That's all. Mm-hmm. We're back. We're back. When, when it got wide open, I made it wide open. Give me CB, baby. The round mound to rebound. Thanks. <laughs> Man, I didn't want it to be that wide open, to be honest. I'm like, now my, my entire strategy is just absolutely thrown to the wind. Fuck. This is the draft. This is, where the, this is why when we don't make very specific delineations, this is where the traps get off the rails. I just didn't even consider that that was even what was I, – I just thought it was implied that it wasn't. But um, – I'm going to take Al Michaels. I mean, he's just the legend of the game. Um, just probably the most iconic call in sports history, or at least American sports history. Um, Got to take him. He's still doing it at this age. It's crazy that he is. He's the Taylor and I have talked about it while we're out at the bar or whatever, like yeah, Al Michaels, he's like starting to lose it a little bit, but like, he'll give you, he'll give you something along the way that you're like, yeah, no, he's still got it. Um, and then the little subtle, gambling tidbits will mix in there and um he's just a legend it's al michaels play-by-play guy i got a lot of play-by-play guys on my list. he's tremendous I, so i i ended up on his wikipedia before this just like you know reading all about him and, and other people did you know and again they, i don't know if this is something that's just on wikipedia and it's like something fake he has claimed that he has never knowingly eaten a vegetable al michaels <laughs> That's you know, he may have said that. I love, I love this he man. Made, he may have yeah, said like, that in his book. I read some really? of his book. Yeah. And again, I was just like, that seems like something someone would put into Wikipedia just to have fun. Like, I'm gonna plant now. The guy book. looks good. He's in his seventies. So. He's seventy-two. I think I thought that he that he read, but yeah. I'm, I mean, it's it, he was on my board. He was there. He has like a very also like a very long career calling huge baseball games that is With, a little before our generation. Like we kind of know him from Sunday night and Monday night football, but like long time doing the World Series mm-hmm. um, with like Jim Palmer. I was gonna say the games with Palmer. Yeah. Did he? Who? Was he on the Kirk Gibson call? Um, Go crazy! Go crazy! No, it's That's... um, it's Scully is doing Don't. the one call. Don't. And Kirk Gowdy maybe. I don't remember. I'd have to get back to work out. I don't remember. I'd have to look. Good pick, though. Good pick. Um, I'm going Joe Buck. That's I thought Joe. I thought Joe would go number one. I, you know, I knew I knew he'd go first round. Um, wow. I, big people love to hate on him. He's like the number one. Like, oh fuck this guy. I'm muting the game. I if if it's not a big game, he if, if it's a big game and he's not on it, it's not a big game. Like he is, I mean, he's everywhere. He, he's calling, you know, he's doing football. He's doing baseball. He, he does it all. And I think he's so damn good. I don't understand why people are like, he hates this team. He hates this team. It's like, I don't, I, I think you're just being soft when you listen to him. Um, I love him. Again, I, I love his voice. I think he's a huge game voice. And again, he, he's at all the big events and, and I, th- I think he's number one. I, I think he's number one right now. And I think he's, He's got to be mentioned with with the all time greats. So I'm I'm going, I'm going Joe Buck, 
with my first one. Very divisive, Joe Buck, but he's really good. I, I was kind of thinking I might have been able to get him in the third round, and your spiel is exactly the spiel I was going to give. was like a lot of people love the shit on him, but he's big-name voice, and he's the last five years or so, it feels like he's come around on a lot of people where mm-hmm. he's – I don't know if he gained it or if we gained a self-awareness of it of like his – he has a level of self-awareness where he's just kind of like, he's a, he's a little bit of a self-deprecating like caricature of himself. Have you ever saw, um, have you ever watched enough of Brock Meyer? He's hilarious on that. Yeah. Yeah. Like he was good in that. And you know what I think it was? I think it was like the part of my take kind of stuff where yeah. like I went into it being like, okay, I'm kind of mixed on him. I don't hate him, but I don't love him. And then listening to it being like, I would love to have like 10 beers with that guy. Like he seems awesome and yeah i mean i again it's like he would never do now the like what a despicable act you know that is that's <laughs> disgusting like now, now it sounds like, like he was just joking like and it's almost like he's like embarrassed about it because he's like all right i get it yeah it was it's whatever <laughs> but i yeah i mean i i think i think he's the best and i it's, i just laugh when people are like i hate joe buck it's like all right i don't like give me one good reason why um my second pick, again, I'm going to go and arguably a top guy, um, Jim Nance. Got to go the tie guy, you know. I, I think he has to be mentioned just like Buck. Um, he does it all. He does the big games. The I mean, he's the master. He's, he's, I felt bad kind of taking it from Banks. He's the master. But again, like, I mean, golf, basketball, football, he, he just does it all. And what's, doesn't he have a week where he does – the final four and then the masters, the masters. tends yeah, to be like in the back, same week. Yeah. Like a tends like to a, finish on Monday and then goes right over. I mean, that's, it's, that's like an all time sports week and he's the guy that call, that's calling him both. And then again, I, I love him. I, I think he's very good. And you, it's like, you compare him with whoever, like, all right, you put him with oh, the new guy, Tony Romo is fresh out of the NFL. Oh, now they're the best broadcasting team out there. He's very, very good. His career has been helped has been revitalized by not his career. He was, he's great by Romo and Bill Raftery, like getting those mm-hmm. guys next to him on those two signature broadcasts has made him like him with Clark Kellogg and him with Phil Sims was kind of like dying an ugly death. Not that it was like bad. It was just like, not that there's not no spark. On just the wasn't that interesting. No possession. But him with Romo day, and him, yeah. him with Raff is just brought him back up to where he's very, very, and he's great on golf. Great. On golf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love everything about him, and I'm with you. Like him and him and Romo, they're like the hot, like young. I'm trying to think of like an, an analogy. It's like guy guy gets a divorce and he goes out to Vegas and like finds the new hot young blonde and is like, up oh, now now they're dating. And it's like his, you have that. his your your tidbit about Al Michael Al Michaels is like nothing in comparison to the Jim oh, Nance the, piece of toast in his wallet yeah. thing. The card, yeah. It's so good. It's so, it's so you don't funny. know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Jim Nance carries around a picture of a piece of toast that I, I want to say it's supposed to be pretty burnt. He carries around a piece of toast so that he can show waitresses just exactly how burnt he wants his toast. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and then the, the, the giving his tie away is also just tremendous. Yeah, I mean, that that's, a, that's such a classic. Like, was that something that he had been doing for a while and then, like, people just caught wind of it? It sounded it like, like – it sounds like that was a thing that had been around for, like, more than a decade. And then yeah, just... like 15 years. <laughs> the more I you think it. about it, the more ridiculous it is. 
Um, all right. Uh, Got to keep this moving here. Um, I'm going to take a guy that I think um, I, I maybe wouldn't have taken him this high until Taylor's first pick. I'm going to take Chris Berman. Mm. I love Chris Berman. I think he defined an era of football. And then ESPN tried to give him kind of the quiet boot. And then they brought him back because he's just that electric. Of course, the part of my take guys have like kind of rejuvenated the energy behind him or like the fanhood behind him. And rightfully so, because I mean, one of my favorite things when I was younger was just like, especially when ESPN saw it Sunday night football was that, that 45 minutes or so between the end of the four o'clock games and the Sunday night football at eight 20 or whatever time it started and getting just the whole rundown game by game and all of his little Bermanisms and all that stuff. And plus you get, he, he had a tremendous influence on like mid nineties uh, baseball too. I mean, mm-hmm. of course the I home mean, run derby is like his back, back, back. bread and butter right there. I mean, I remember playing like one of the, MLB games at my my neighbor's house on Super Nintendo and like anytime you hit anything anything deep whatsoever you were getting the back 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 it's so good so I'm gonna yeah, take I mean, Chris Berman he was great in um what was it longest yard like yeah that too kind of like pop culture He's kind, kind of, of a like another caricature that just you know and I I he feels like a perfect example of somebody I'll never be able to explain to my kids. Mm. It, it'll just be like a youtube <laughs> 10 minutes best of chris berman like the, yeah you hope the, it does it doesn't justice the one that he had this week and it's funny because every week he's still doing something like his the one that pft posted this weekend where he just dolphins and like I thought, <laughs> I thought it was the funniest thing <laughs> that i saw all weekend it's just so fun <laughs> It makes me laugh. And yeah, I'm like, maybe, maybe it's funnier because the, the part of my take that the fastest two minutes, I, I like I'll, I'll, I'll go to my grave thinking like Rob, my Baroness, like I'll never not think of him <laughs> saying yep. that. Well, yeah. RIP after he like had eight field goals in a game. So that's, yeah, that's a good, that's a hell of a pick. Also someone that has gotten divisive with age, but yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't question. He's aged. Back. Like a fine wine, in my you opinion. You can't impact. You can't. You can't question the impact. It's the. It's the highlights. You can't question the impact. Um. Okay. With my first pick here, I'm gonna take a guy. I think maybe I could get a little deeper, but I think it's like, just makes everything more exciting. I'm gonna take Kevin Harlan. Damn it! I thought um, I could get it back. That was why I was concerned. I was the way it was going. I was like, Harlan might go a little higher than I think he's gonna go. Uh, Kevin Harlan is just good at making anything exciting. I mean, he went viral for like the um, cat on the field, the cat on the field. He's just (laughs) great on college basketball. He's great on the NBA. He's great on the NFL. And like every once in a while, he'll get like the Maryland CBS game in the middle of the big 10 season. And I'd be like, Oh, I wonder who we're going to get. And we get Harlan and he just makes the games feel bigger even when, you know, even if it's, you know, Maryland playing against like not as great of an Indiana team, like when a couple of years ago when, when the day that Kobe died, he was calling that game. And I was like, it was a big game because the big 10 game and there's a lot of people in Indiana, but you know, Indiana wasn't that good, but he just makes games feel big and he's just so good and, and, and makes things exciting. And I love Kevin Harlan. I think he's great. Um, so I'm going to take him and then I'm going to take the, a guy. There are a lot of amazing studio hosts, 
Uh, but I think Ernie Johnson Jr. is the best studio host. I'll go back to the inside the NBA well there a little bit. He is so good and everything means so much to him. There was like a, a viral video of him talking to Alabama football this year about like life and different things. This guy just seems like in a different way than Buck is a guy you want to have a few beers with. I want to talk about life with this guy. I just would want to talk about like his thought process and how he goes through things. And he coordinates that you know, group of hooligans better than anybody could. So I'm taking, I'm taking EJ guys. An best and you can tell how much guys like him, like how much all the NBA players all like him and like respond to him. I just think he's awesome. And he's good on baseball play. I play too. He's good. So I'm taking him. He's awesome. Uh, Banks. This is tough. This is really tough. Uh, I, I, I don't think I can risk letting Eric take a shot at getting them. I got to take Joe B. I have to have him. Mm. It uh, wouldn't be a team without him. He's next up on my list. Was he? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I made the right decision here. I have to get Joe Beninati. He's my favorite broadcaster, play-by-play guy, pretty much across the board. Um, he's really the only team I have where it's been the same guy doing it for pretty much my entire life. Um, the guy is just so silky smooth. Like, Hockey is the most continuous sport, pretty much all the sports where the action just doesn't stop and you got names flying all over the place. Yet, I mean, at least with basketball, you got five players and those are your five players, 10 players on the floor between the two teams and they check in and they check out and you're aware of who's on the, you got people coming over the boards in hockey and there's all kinds of constant action going on and all those types of things. And I've never once heard the guy stutter or, or stumble over a word, whatever. And I think he deserves so much more uh, recognition and he should be one of the big names in all sports. Like I think he can call anything because you get those, just like Taylor mentioned, you get those odd um, big big 10 network games against like Howard or something. And and you'll see Mm -hmm. Joe B calling it. And he, uh, he calls a lot of the cross games, whether it be the, the ESPN, like the NCAA tournament for that or whatever. Um, The guy's just, just such He's a pro's pro. And honestly, I'd love to have him on this podcast if I had the opportunity. So, um, Joe B just, I mean, he's one, he's somebody I would, would die to meet and have a glass of wine with. He's a big wine guy. Have a little vino with Joe B. Yeah. He's, he's a legend. I, I, again, I mean, it's like, I just remember (laughs) again, I mean, he's the voice of so many great memories and, and it's, it's such a. Him hammered at the bar with Jacob Vrana. Oh my so one of my yeah, favorite yeah. videos ever. Jake Avrana. <laughs> he's yeah, I got he's he seems like an absolute just gem of a person. So yeah. Um so mine, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go old school. I'm saying Vince Scully. Mm. Like again, I know, you know, Dodgers, Dodgers play by play guy, legendary, but it's like I mean, he is – he's West Coast baseball for, for me. And, like, obviously, like now it's like Don Orsillo and um, – who's with Don in San Diego? Um, I forget who. But, but now, now, like, they're the hot new team. But, I mean, for what, 50 years, 60 years, Vince Scully was the guy for the Dodgers. And, so like – and obviously, like, I, I don't know all those years, but since MLB Network came along and you can watch these late-night West Coast games, you know, you turn it on after the Orioles get clobbered, and it's like, all right, well, they're playing, they're playing the Rockies. I'll, 
I'll tune in and you fall asleep just listening to like the Suki, the silky smooth Vince Scully and like all the old clips of him. And, and again, just seems like an absolute awesome person. Um, he, he's just a classic baseball voice. Um, again, it's a little, it's, a, it's not the same. He's not in the same category as a Joe Buck. He's not doing the national games or anything like that, but he's, I mean, he's the best. So. He, his, his days go back to Brooklyn. He did seven years with the Brooklyn Dodgers before that. Yeah. That's how long he was doing it. And he was he's young as 90, shit when he did it too. 93 years old. It's 67 years. 67. He's a baseball guy. He, Insane. His, his, the most impressive thing always has been the fact that he did his game solo. He flew solo on those things and he would just carry the entire broadcast, which is incredible. It's just a lost art. Like nobody does that anymore. I would remember um, first couple of years out of college, I had like somebody's MLB at bat or whatever, then MLB TV password. And I used to, every night I'd pop on the Dodgers game and just fall asleep to the Dodgers. Ben Scully mm-hmm. just talking baseball and just carry the broadcast. Robot. And sometimes not saying a word for 30 seconds at a time. And you could hear all this. Like, I felt like the Dodgers broadcasted a really good job from a production standpoint of at times when he was just being quiet and letting the broadcasters breathe of like catching, like capturing stadium noises and all the, the chatter in the stadium and all those types of things. Like just, I don't know, Vince Scully just, it's different. The the best still is if you go on YouTube and look up uh, Vince Scully, uh, Tory Hunter, and he's telling a story about Tory Hunter and he's like, he, he wore a jacket that he found in his house to school one day and, and the teacher <laughs> saw something in his pocket and it was a crack pipe because Tory's dad was a crack addict. And that's two, you know, two and two. And here comes the, <laughs> and it's like, wait, what did you just call? There's mixes and stories between pitches. And yeah, like as a, as, a, as Kershaw misses low. Yeah. And he's like, oh, that bounces in. And yeah, his dad was addicted to crack. Okay. And that's the third out. It's like, oh, shit. Okay. Um, he, but, he also sneaky did the Masters with some names that I've almost just said out loud, but I won't put them out there. That I did not know. But yeah, again, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, it, it that's a that's a master's voice. That's like a silky smooth, lavender voice. You know, see that. Um, Pat's. How about Pat Summerall? Still did the Masters. I don't. That's the name I was just about to say. Pat Summerall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We. I mean, you kind of can't take him. I mean, I guess you could take him. I guess you could take him. Theoretically, Vince Kelly could be to work right now. Um, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. You got another one, RDT. Going, I'm going Uncle Brent. Going Brent Musburger. Oh, Brent, you are looking live. Again, just like a classic. I feel like every time I turned on a TV, like watching a, a, you know, a sporting event when I was younger, whether college football or NFL or, I mean, again, he's done it all. You know, he coined the term March Madness. I read that he was I did the not first. Know that. I read that he was the first person to to use the term and came up with it. <laughs> I believe it. I mean, again, it's like the guy's done it all. I why not? Why not say March Madness? Or, you know, why not do March Madness? Now he's out there in Vegas. He's. I mean, he's living the life out in Vegas. Like he's calling games. He can talk about gambling now, and he, the guy has to work one day a week. Um, but again, I I have written down big game voice. He's just he has a big game voice. He's again. You were looking live is like a classic, classic line. I love it. Um, not much else to say. Again, he's another lifer who's done it for 85 years. 
I, for some reason, got on a best, best of Brent Musburger YouTube video last week in my YouTube travels. Catherine Webb? Um, that one's not on there, <laughs> but um, it is the big mood voice, like the, the Crabtree against Texas. Crabtree gets free. It's just, he's, he's, yeah, he's just, it's a big game voice. Big, big college, especially, at least for us college football games, he called that ABC Saturday night game for so long. Yeah. Um, the, and again, like, yes, for a long time, NFL today, that Jimmy the Greek 30 for 30 has some interesting Brett Musburger um, stuff in it. You almost so, caught him. Yeah. Oh, here it is. Yeah. I'm looking at uh, the best of Brent Musburger. Yeah. So, like, I, Team Conan had a, a video from eight years ago, 500,000 views. Brent Musburger is back to perv on our audience. <laughs> That's from the official Conan O'Brien. There, there you absolutely have it right there. What a legend. Yeah, that's great. What an absolute legend. All right, Bash, you got one. We could have done such a long draft of this. We could have. I might I if we did though, I might have to mute to cough like four hundred thousand more times. So we'll 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 do a secondary draft. So I don't have to do that tonight. Okay. I am going to take I'm going to take Dickie V. I think I got to take Dickie V. Oh, very good in the moment pick. What an emotional. Yeah, I know. I know. It's so good. He's, going of course, on? when you're growing up and it's he's Dookie V and he's like, oh, he just like, you know, sucks up Duke and everything. It's like, that's kind of like what you grew up with in this area. Like a lot of people just shitting on Dick Vitale. And then you come to find over the years, one, don't be such a poopy pants. Like the guy's just very excited about hoops. He's just an emotional individual. He's it's honestly just one of the best humans. The more you read about him, the more you come to find about him. Um, yeah, he's pretty old now. He's losing his marbles and he's sick and stuff. And it's like tonight's awesome moment, him being back. Um, but like I just gained an appreciation over the last decade or so, where it's just like this guy, this Dickie V's don't grow on trees, man. Like he's just a special individual. And I think that his days, you know. I hate to say it, but they're numbered. He's not going to be around forever. And, and he's just somebody that we should appreciate while we have him. Um, so Dickie V's the pick. I mean, he's, he's the, he is college basketball in terms of just energy and just passion. And, and he just wears his emotions on his sleeve. So I'm taking Dickie V. I also met him at Camden Yards one time. Dickie V is an absolute institution, an absolute institution. Yeah. Big baseball guy. Loves the Rays. Yeah, big Rays guy. I met him. He's a he's a big trade. Rose Rays game with Juan Dixon throughout the first pitch. Wow. And early too. Wow. Yep. Um, in the same vein as Dickie V, I'm taking Bill Raftery. I think he's almost the heir to the DV energy training. It's gotten a lot more, um, a lot more shine as like the top CBS uh, like Final Four national championship. A little kiss. I mean, this guy has, I mean, the, the, you know, the, uh, the catchphrase is go for days. This he's, he's just tremendous. He's tremendous on college basketball. Like the reason Dickie V and Bill Raftery work on college basketball is that is what college basketball is. Like there are a lot of great analysts that break it down and whatever, but like they like evoke the energy of what's in those crowds and the emotion that's in those games. And that's why they separate themselves more. That's just why they epitomize college basketball. Um, love me some Bill Raftery. Guy is tremendous and pairs well with RDT's guys, RDT guys, Nance and Grant Hill, who's just kind of along for the ride with those guys. He's good, but kind of along for the ride with Raff. Um, so I'm taking Raff. 
Uh, what do I want to do with my last pick here? Uh, there's just so many ways to go. Um, yeah, I'm taking the formative. I think the formative like studio broadcast, this guy does both. So he fits into all of the things here. There's nothing, at least for me, and maybe some a nerd about this. Watching Bob Costas fly off the handle in those Olympic primetime segments where he was like just editorializing about everything going on was always very entertaining for me. So I'm taking Bob. I'm taking my guy, Bob. I'm taking him just going off about things. I'm taking his pink eye. I'm taking all the things that went on with my guy, Bob. I'm a Bob defender. Some people hate Bob. Hate him. I like him. I'm in on him. Give me me my man, Bob Costas. Always been a defender. Out on Bob. Yeah. Yeah. You're an idiot. I'm Bob. indifferent. <laughs> so good. Give me some Bob. High horse. Didn't he, didn't he have like a big Bob thing on, on my like, face? Love the high horse. I love that. That's the thing. That's why it was so entertaining. Say, let's send it out to Bob. He's at Arrowhead Stadium to talk about the game. No, let me go for 15 minutes about the NFL's concussion. Policy. About CTE. What a yeah. fucking guy. <laughs> what a guy. Hey, let's go to Beijing where Sean Johnson's about to perform the all-around final. Nope. Time for a geopolitical discussion about China. <laughs> That's why Bob, that's why Bob's Bob, baby. You know how many people died building the bird's nest? Yeah. Oh, like, whoops, uh, whoops. Let's send it out to the water cube where Michael Phelps is going for gold medal number seven. I, yeah. Go ahead. Thanks. For my next pick, for my final pick. Yeah. And Kenny Blankenship. Got to take Kenny. Wow. Most extreme elimination challenge. Wow. Um, uh, color commentator. Yeah. I have to have yeah. him. Maybe the best announcer, color guy that's ever lived. What a pick. Um, yeah. He's a recovering alcoholic. I think that's it. There's actually a backstory for his character. You love the most extreme elimination. I love it. I love it so There's nobody that loves that thing more. All when right. it came back last year, it was a very high moment for, for That you. was. I think you talked it about was, everyone. It was – it got me through COVID probably. Yeah. That was like early COVID. That was like <laughs> – as he, as he coughs. <laughs> He coughs uncontrollably. That was like after it was like a couple months after Tiger King. Was that like beginning of the summer? Uh, when, like, I, I, I want to say it was actually now? this time last year. I think That's it was what I thought. Yeah, yeah. There's just no. Let me tell you what. You want to talk about a thank you for your service from the listeners today? I have recorded so many podcasts like in the last three months. It is. I am a. I am a sickly boy. This is a tough scene. I mean, what is going on here? <laughs> I am. A, my can, immune system has been destroyed. By, can we by, just make the title of the this, this episode <laughs> quote? I'm a sickly boy. I mean, what a joke! <laughs> what a total joke! I'm sitting here trying to talk to you guys. I'm trying to, you know, traffic cop this show. You know, you guys are the personalities people come for. I'm trying to get through this, and every five seconds, I'm clicking mute to just cough like a jabroni. I am a, a couple sickly boy. <laughs> what a joke! Good pick. Finish this off, Party T. Um, I am. <laughs> Give me, oh man, there's so many I could take. I mean, this, as Banks said, we could do, we could do 100 rounds of this. Kirk Herb Street. Give me Kirk. Kirk. Yeah, I love, I love Kirk. Wow. Okay. I, I, I like love Kirk. I, I yeah, love Kirk him. Good. I think he's a very relatable, like. I like Kirk a lot. I don't know if I yeah. love Kirk, but I like yeah. Kirk. I, like I Kirk think Kirk is just steady. He's just steady. Yeah. I think he's, I, I enjoy him. I don't know. And again, it's because it's not like he's not too nerdy, like stats you know i like he wasn't a great college football player i think he was a you know it's not like he's like one of the big guys who comes right out of the nfl 
and gets you know a college announcing job i i don't i don't know i feel like he could legitimately be like your next door neighbor and like you see him get in the mail and you talk to him for a couple minutes and and i don't know he seems like an awesome guy and he knows his shit and i think he's fun to listen to and he's he's i think he's a relatable guy so and seems and again like nice, like, seems like a nice fellow he does yeah absolutely and and like i just i think of like the m&m part you know interview when he's up in the booth with them and like kirk's just like geeking out and losing it like just as much as we were so yeah i like uh i, I like kirk so we'll take him off the board there i took barkley harlan ernie raftery and costas banks takes michaels berman joe b dickie v and kenny blankenship <laughs> and rdt takes joe buck jim nance Vin Scully, Brent Musburger, and Kirk Herbstreet. Um, honorable mentions. I can't believe Taylor didn't take Keith Jackson. Uh, he was the next one on my list. I, I, I probably should have taken him over Casas. That would have been more of a fan favorite pick among the I guys. almost wanted Keith to Jackson's take him. freaking incredible. He's so good. I, I almost wanted to take him directly after the Musburger pick because I feel like he should be picked before Brent Musburger. The Longhorns and the Trojans. The University of Southern California Trojans and the University of Texas Longhorns. We're yeah, good for like Keith, one Keith Jackson impression of podcast now. Yeah, yeah, Keith, yeah. <laughs> I might do a Keith Jackson impression every single pod for the rest of the entire however long this goes. Um, yeah, Keith, Keith, I mean, college football is, is kind of Keith and Brett for a lot of people, I think. Yeah. There's really no – I was trying to go through it. I, I – the the biggest miss for me that I just didn't think about was Vern. I had Vern. Yeah, uh, I almost I, I, almost I would have taken Vern over Casas, and I just didn't think about him. So yeah. Casas probably Vern should have been picked. I feel Vern bad is about tremendous. Uncle Vern. Uncle Vern is awesome. I mean, I really I only picked four real picks. So yeah, Ver, Vern <laughs> is up there because he. I'm trying to think of just voices of college people because like right now, I think Chris Fowler is like a really good broadcaster. Really, really good broadcaster. But he's not like the voice of college football that you think about. Like Brad Nestor's on CBS. He's not really that. Like there really isn't that. I mean, I guess Gus, but like people are like very, I mean, Gus is kind of just run his course a little bit. You know, I mean, I've gone on my Gus rant on this show before. Every time he does a Maryland game could not sound less prepared about anything going on with Maryland, which is fine. I know it's about Ohio State on big new kickoff, but like (laughs) – let's let's just like let's know who the starters are one time Gus. i had uh i had mike breen the bang oh, is an all-time breen is so good he's like, so good like the steph curry we should just we should just do play-by-play at some point. we'll do it at some point we'll wait we'll we'll give it a couple months we'll just do play-by-play i had i had breen Vern, steve buckhans and phil chenier i almost took them as a package deal like a one and two deal with it I almost had them. Uh, <laughs> Phil Chenier was my first boss. Not a big deal. I almost took. Uh, I almost took um, Terry Lipinski and Johnny Weir's package deal. <laughs> I thought you were going to take Terry, uh, Corky, Corky, whatever. Oh, oh, Rowdy Gaines. Corky. Rowdy Gaines. No, I <laughs> get mixed up with that guy on Twitter, Court Gaines or whatever. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dixon yeah. Rowdy Gaines, a great pair. I mean, there's some great Olympics every four years pairs that you get. Those guys um, you get Otto Bolden on track and field. You know. Just don't the guy who much. does the the cross country skiing is so good. Oh, he is. I don't remember that guy's name. He is good. Me neither. His name is escaping me. Also, kind of surprised Gary Thorne wasn't taken. I know. I got him on here. I got John Miller on here. Yep, I had um, him too. Tariko. Yeah, I, I had Johnny Holiday. Was never going to take him. Um, 
Marv Albert. Like Johnny that, will be upset if he knows I didn't take him in the draft. Like that creepy guy. basketball guy, announcer guy, uh, Marv something. Marv Albert? It's an office quote. Um, uh, Tarico. Yep. You know, maybe. Italian. Uh, oh, Bill Walton was would have been a polarizing pick. I'm out on Bill. I'm out on Bill. Like, I'm the yeah, – I think Bill is funny when you get the, like – six minutes on Twitter where they f- just find the greatest hits, but I don't need to see the broadcast with them. Correct. I don't need it's it. Just, I don't need it. Ruins it every the game for me. But when Twitter, when Twitter does their thing where they cut the 45 seconds where he's going off, I enjoy that. I like that. I like, he's great for the Twitter era. He's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I guess I don't Tony Romo every- should have been maybe picked here. Yeah. 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 Uh, Vinny the Gooch. Oh, Sunny Day was on my list. Vinny the Gooch. Sunny Day yeah. and Vinny Gooch. Like I, you know, I couldn't yeah. take multiple he always eats that full corn dog. Fictional picks. Yeah. Throughout the game. He always finishes. The corn dog is always finished. That corn dog is never Corn finished. dogs, Jackie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> could have taken uh, him. I, uh, I, had, uh, I had Dan Shulman, too. I love Shulman. Dan. Tremendous. Baseball and, and college basketball. What's his name? Um, Pepper Brooks. Oh, Pepper's going to need new shorts, yeah. yeah. I had um, Sal Masekela. Met him oh. in a Wizards game. Got his autograph. <laughs> Oh man, that would have been. Gnarly. I must have talked to Sal for like an hour one game. Jared wow. Jeffries rookie rookie year. So back Could've when taken... Sal Masakela was like the Sal Masakela. Oh, Sal Masakela. I, I wasn't even thinking it. about sideline guy. Could have taken myself. Why? Well, I'm thinking. Oh, we could have taken each the other. Play-by-play person for for skateboarding on the X Games. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's a, that's a legendary run. That's a legendary run. Uh, there's some golf guys in there. I thought about Faraday. I like I like Faraday. Faraday's great. I didn't think of him. I should have thought. I really didn't think there too much about golf. Yeah, Nance is probably the best golf. Jo- Johnny Miller is, yeah, a treasure. Um, the McEnroe's on tennis are very good. Me, I thought of him too. Yeah, yeah, I thought about him. Um, all these people that commentate darts. By the way, I wasn't going to take that because I've done that enough. Are awesome. By the way, that is coming. Yeah, that that's is coming, coming very hot. Fast. That is coming very hot, very hot. Um, anything else? I think that was all that I had. There's a million things. We, we, we. I think we at some point will break that down. We'll do a play-by-play. We'll do an analyst. We'll do extraneous. We'll, we'll, we'll break that down. And do that again. We need to. We start really didn't do any sideline. No, and there's people to have talked about there. Ronaldi. Make me cry. Susie yeah, Colbert yeah, hanging tough with Joe Namath. There's also a lot of soccer people that I could have gotten into there that just would not have applied to a lot of the audience here. So Arlo White. Well, who was the uh, who was the guy who had Ian the uh, Ian, yeah Ian, Ian what's his, his name the Hispanic guy they had for oh. the second Monday Night Football game. Um, having the time of his life. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, that 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 Sergio. Sergio. That was one of the most bizarre sports TV moments the last decade. That was weird. That was. I thought, I thought it was an SNL stuff. skit. I was yeah. like, I'm trapped in an SNL. <laughs> that was legitimately weird as it was happening. Sergio. Fuck. Oh, so we, so we could have taken the boom, boom goes dynamite guy too. Uh, yeah. Oh. Um. Vance Brooks. No, Vance. Vance. Joseph having the time of his life. <laughs> that, that was the start and maybe the end Sergio, of Vance Joseph's Sergio Dip. Yeah. <laughs> Sergio, Sergio Dip, that's right. 
YouTube Sergio did bombs during his Monday night. <laughs> oh, I got I gotta listen to that. Felt so bad for that guy. Felt so bad for that guy. Sergio Dip. Um yeah, we didn't think of like Balionis was in my head. So oh yeah. We love Amanda Balionis. Put her on more Ravens games. All right, Nick Kinder Medley, Maryland person of the week. Uh Bench, you can start us off. Uh Tyler Huntley. It's quick and easy. Tyler sure. Huntley. Yeah, this is a this is a fastball pick, but you know, he deserves it. He he did the job in a time of need. Um big time, big balls drive there. Uh what more can I say? Tyler Huntley. I think RDT is still watching the Sergio Dip situation over there. So Quarterback in Colorado, defensive back in the NFL, and having the time of his life on the field. <laughs> so funny. Fucking Sergio Dip. Oh, my God. I am going to take the <laughs> – I am going to take the MIA champion Calvert Hall Cardinals 10 years since their last MIA championship in 2010. Well, I guess 11 years. They win it this year beating McDonough, suck it to the rest of the MIAA. Turkey Bowl dub coming on Thursday. Shout out to Coward Hall football. Big time. Big time stuff from them. It's coming home, right? Coming home. It's coming. We're going to beat the absolute breaks off Loyola on Thursday. Ooh. Yep. Is, that, is that a guarantee? That's a guarantee. Yeah. Wow, that's a okay. straight guarantee. Get the cool part out. It's a straight guarantee. Me and Jimbo will be in good spirits on Thursday. <laughs> I believe it. All right, I am going with uh, the Jurassic World Dominion prologue. The five uh, I minute, did see uh, you. T- I did see you tweet that. Your your hate for Fast and Furious and your love for Jurassic Park is like one of the all time things I can't figure out. That's that they do with each other. But Jurassic these Jurassic Park movies are not as good as whatever. I mean, they're they're so much cool. I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> that video is so good <laughs> i had never seen there's that a video if people don't know you can find it on you probably you may have tweeted it, i don't know i didn't but we'll, we'll put it on the podcast of, of the guys in the dom toretto wife beaters going family family that is so fun <laughs> i was cracking on laughing it was, it was so good it was so good um yeah jurassic world dominion released this five minute kind of prologue it's not a trailer because none of it's in the movie you know they're a good uh, movie franchise so they don't want to Spoil end of the upcoming movie. I'm so excited. I think it's July. It's coming out June 10th. June 10th, 2022. I hate going to the movies. I think going to the movies is like one of the all-time worst activities. I will be there. Wow. See that. Mm. I hate the movies. Hate it. Wow. Hate it. But interesting. I want to go see Eternals. I need I might go see that tomorrow in the movies. So. I've gotten a bunch of those toys and the happy meals. My daughter. So Spider-Man coming out in a month too. That's a big going to be a big movie situation. I won't see it. The multiverse. I don't. I've never seen one. I think the only superhero movies I've seen are Batman. I've never. Wow, seen you've seen none of these Marvel movies. Oh, none. Wow. Never. I am like knee deep in the Marvel situation. I watched Aquaman like two weeks ago with the Vinny one. Yeah. Why are Vinny Chase one? No, Momoa. Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa. The Vinny Chase one. God, never forget when the when the power goes out at the theater. Um, no, all time all time episode. Great episode. One, what is it? One when day they, in the valley. Yeah, when they end up at the yeah at the kids' house. Ari's like, "What the fuck is going on here?" Yeah, I gotta go. <laughs> he just gets up and leaves. Um, 
honorable mention, I was going to give an honorable mention to a Marvel based thing. Um, Hawkeye, the return of these Marvel shows, Disney plus comes out about two hours here. So I'm excited for that. Let's just throw that out. And I'm going to give another uh, two honorable mentions to people who really should just get them every week. Uh, Taylor Swift. I mean, what can you say? The, 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 the longest number one hit in the history of the billboard top 100, 10 minute all too well. The haters can absolutely suck it. And then Olivia Rodrigo nominated for seven Grammys, seven Grammys. She was at the AMA. The haters are furious yet again. And the haters are furious and, and absolutely kill it at the AMAs. The haters are furious, furious. But we, we roll on and hopefully at the Grammys, Taylor wins album of the year and then Olivia wins six out of seven. So does, does, she, does she have like a name for her fans yet? The Rodrigites? The... That's a great question. I don't know. I'm one of them though. I think we got to come up with something. Rod. The Livies? Rod. The Lit. Ooh, okay. The Live Have. Ooh. Yeah. The Hive is Beyonce though. You kind of yeah, can't go can't to the Hive that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll crowdsource that. What should we call our fans? The. Um, I got we'll, we'll marinate. We got we'll nothing marinate. there. We'll marinate on that. We'll marinate. We don't it's even late. have. We don't even have, have something to workshop here. We do yeah, got nothing. We'll, it'll marinate. It's it's late. It's late recording. It's this very late. late here. Recording this late. You guys have any other auto mentions? Then we'll get out. Of here. Uh, Tiger Woods. Lately recorded. Oh yes, yes. Tiger yes. Woods is back. That brought me a gigantic smile when I saw that. Absolutely flushing. What probably looked like what an eight iron maybe. Oh, um, eight nine iron. Kind of looked like a short iron but you know the action is there i mean this the swing is smooth Woof. man this is such a leap too i thought maybe we'd see some pots or some chips in on video first and he's if if you if you've been paying attention when he came back from the fusion his first you know some one of his videos that came out because he was doing these teases as he was working his way back making progress same thing in 2017, same thing here, making progress. Video him absolutely flushing a golf ball. Tiger Woods. Currently 40 to 1 to win the Masters. <laughs> it's insanity. Put the, put the houses on it. Guy almost died in a car crash. There's one video of him hitting a golf ball. He's 40 to 1. That He's ahead so of like Sung J.M. That should be that the that's that's just incredible. What a guy. What a guy. <laughs> it would just be nice to see Tiger Woods at Augusta National this year, even if he's just walking around. Just, just, yeah. You know, come to the he's program. got the Hero World Challenge in a couple weeks, and then there's that father-son golf tournament um, that he could potentially be playing in three, four weeks. Um, seems unlikely, but you can take a cart in an event like that. So, Yeah, I can't just imagine, though, he's going to be twerking the driver no. at this point. No, no. But that, that's what you get Charlie out there for. Yeah. I'm excited to just even like, gosh, even if, if Tiger just like doesn't even come back and play events or something like you just have Charlie just in the pipeline and the, the presence of Charlie and <clears throat> whether his dad follows him around or is like at the range, like, like Thomas does for Justin Thomas. Like if he's just omnipresent, it, it, it we're, it's just, there's going to be so much buzz about it, and I can't wait. I also love that in a week where Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka are sort of trying to have their little time in the sun here with their match that I think has zero to no 
zero to no, little to no buzz at this point. There's just no yeah, heat behind it at dead. all. Tiger Woods drops one 10 second video and he's, he's, he's the, he's the goat. I mean, he's just the biggest story in golf. It, it, who I'm, cares? Bryson I'm is hitting it. balls off the wind casino. Like who cares? <laughs> I'm in, I'm in an Uber that. in Chicago on the way to soldier field, like refreshing Twitter and just like trying to get information behind the scenes. If Lamar Jackson is going to play, I'm losing my mind. And then all of a sudden I, re- I refresh and Tiger Woods is swinging and hitting a golf ball. What a range of emotions that morning was. Um, if you didn't say that the Bryson and, and Brooks thing was this week, I would have never, I would have remembered the morning of been like, Oh shit, that's right. It's today. like, it's like Friday at four. Yeah. Like, like all right, cool. I guess we'll see it. <laughs> they they um, kind of missed, they kind of missed the heat to, to, to cash in on that. They, yeah. they missed it. They yeah. missed it. That needed to be before the Ryder Cup. Um, I got one last uh, honorable mention. Uh, LeBron James for being unfairly persecuted. I, I guess we get just get penalized for good. The big plays. Big now. board man B is very disgusted by that. The suspension. I by know. the I mean, suspension. I, I yeah. am disgusted by his actions. I no. I think he was he was trying to get Stewart's hand off him, and and it just happened to catch him. Hmm. You're such a shill for LeBron unfairly being persecuted but again that's fine jordan was suspended a year for gambling lebron gets one game it's okay doesn't matter it's whatever what by the way isaiah i mean he wanted to kill him i mean that was unbelievable. He, he's an actual i think he's an actual crazy person so, so you've seen the other so, stuff he's done so Ooh, then, should we do should we do a draft of all-time crazy persons and you read all this stuff though then mm-hmm. there's some like journalists that covered in college are like nicest guy ever so i don't know I'm going to add that to the list. Sports psychos. He did the same thing with Blake Griffin last year. He did. I'm going after guys that people don't like. He he kicked Luka Doncic in the balls on a free throw. Who doesn't like Blake Griffin? I think there's some Chris Paul. This on Blake Griffin. I love I love Blake Griffin. He's very funny. All right, that's that's a podcast. That's a podcast here. Um, one of the things we want to say before we get out, we are thankful for the fans. Thankful for you, the X52 listeners. Um, that is what we're thankful for in this Thanksgiving week. Very, Very much true. appreciate all of you listening, all the tweets you send us, the DMs, um, when you see us in person, the support. It means a lot. There's a uh, lot of support out in Chicago this past week. Yeah. It, it, Just it, like it, whether it be but, at the stadium and tailgates themselves. Shout out to the Zietlers, by the way, coming by with some spotted cow to the tailgate. Shout out to Bill for coming through with the ticket. Um, but just like the the guy next to me said, I don't think I've ever seen this many opposing fans at Soldier Field for other than the Packers. So I feel like that's a feather in the cap. There you Anyways, continue on, Taylor. Um, sorry. No, you're fine, though. I mean, I think it speaks to the support that the teams in this area have, and that feeds in some way into the support for this podcast. Um, and we very much appreciate that. This is obviously none of our day-to-day jobs. So it is like a passion project for the three of us and the passion that you put into it helps us continue to, to, to go forth and do it. So that is not, that is said with not a grain of like irony or anything. It truly means a lot when people like come up and are like, Oh, whoever, blah, blah, to either any of the three of us um, or, or message you send or whatever. So we are very thankful for that on this Thanksgiving season. We will see you Sunday late once again for the instant analysis. Hopefully I'm not coughing up a storm like I was this entire podcast. Um, 
We'll be back after that one. Um, hopefully after a Ravens win to break it down and then back for the normal show again next week. You can follow Eric at E D I T T I 22 on Twitter. You can follow banks at Barstool banks. You can follow my at Taylor's my 10. You follow the podcast at exit 52 podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure to support Thread Level Midnight, who has the X-52 merch up and a variety of other great things. We always appreciate the support of Fed Thrill and Jimmy Seafood, who I'm sure is doing great Thanksgiving things all week. I'm sure they're charity and they're doing I don't even know what they are. I just don't – I just know, I'm sure they're doing it. Um, go Hall. Yeah, Hall in the Turkey Bowl. Just got to get that in one more time. We'll see you next time on the X-52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood.